Ingram Smith, Bud Elliott, back again for another episode of the Nolcast. Uh, Bud, excited to do a almost entirely uh, recruiting-focused uh, Nolcast here. Going to bring people up to speed as we rapidly approach the end of the 2019 uh, signing class with the traditional uh, signing day, the older signing day of the uh, first Wednesday in February rapidly approaching. So, Florida State had their massive visit weekend uh, scheduled for the 25th, so with a second to kind of try to process all the information that came out of that, we're recording Monday night and uh, look forward to trying to uh, bring you guys as much information as possible. As always, want to thank our friends in New Iberia, Louisiana, uh, Louisiana Hot Sauce. Fantastic product, fantastic partner for us, consistent in, uh, in, in providing three simple ingredients, one great product and a uh, consistent fantastic partner to us so as always want to thank them thank you the listener can't tell you how much it means if when you wake up on a saturday morning and tweet a picture of your your omelet and a bottle of louisiana hot sauce or whatever else just a great uh support and all things considered it's been a pretty great partnership so uh we'll thank them and we'll jump into a large recruiting conversation here no doubt about it man looks like a a really good weekend for florida state on the recruiting trail but it, it, it started off with the guys a little bit older, actually, and that is a, a transfer. Uh, they end up getting Ryan Roberts from Northern Illinois. Uh, and as we've spoken about many times on this show, uh, we're pretty convinced they need to not have any of the five guys who started against Florida starting for them this year. And that'll be pretty easy because a couple of those guys graduated. But now it's looking like, uh, looking like even more likely that none of those people have to start. Ryan Roberts comes in. Pretty good size. He was actually a tight end coming out of high school, so he's added about 50 pounds uh, to his frame. Looks like just from photos and some video that I reviewed, mostly good weight. Uh, he actually had a pretty good battle against uh, against Brian Burns in that, in that game against Florida State this year. Yeah, some decent tape of him. Uh, appears to be a you know be a, a, a average, above average quality offensive lineman. Something that Florida State's desperately in need of. I would think that Roberts uh, is not a guaranteed starter, but will be certainly within contention from from the first day he steps on campus. Exactly. He'll he'll be graduating in May. And look, all they really need is for him to be a below-average ACC starter. Okay? Because look, you had Juwan Williams and Bellow last year, and not criticizing them as people, but as players, I mean, they're just so far below replacement level that it, it really did hamper the offense quite a lot. And, you know, like... We've been saying for a lot, a lot of the time on this show now. Can, can you just get Florida State's offensive line to below average for this year? I know a lot of people are like, "Oh, let's get to average." Screw that. Can you just get to below average? I know that sounds defeatist, but you're trying to make it back to a bowl game, right? Can you go seven and five or eight and four in the regular season? I think if you get below average offensive line play, you can do that. And if you go seven and five, eight and four, you probably have a pretty favorable bowl matchup. Because of the ACC's bowl tie-ins, which means you might have a shot to end up, you know, eight and five, or maybe even nine and four, which is a nice bounce-back season after going five and seven. A season in which, in large part, your season was wrecked by the offensive line. So I do think getting Ryan Roberts in here, and of course he'll he'll come in in, in June, um, you know, after graduating in May. Getting him in, I think, is a big deal. He's, he's going to have a chance to start. I think he'll he'll def- if he doesn't start, he's going to be pushing other players. Uh, for sure. And, you know, Florida State's probably not done uh, as well with the grad transfer market. We, we know they're still trying to get Parker Braun, Georgia Tech guard, who, you know, two, two-time All-ACC, has some connections to, to Tallahassee. His, his brother obviously plays for Sewanee. Josh Braun, a, a big-time offensive line prospect next year, 
We know Florida is interested in him as well as are some other schools. So we'll see if Florida State can pull that off. Certainly UF lost a lot on the offensive line as well. I mean, Florida State didn't really lose a lot. It just doesn't have very much. So key important difference that we saw on the field last year. Obviously, R.J. Proctor at, at UVA, another guard. And then Ryan Alexander from South Alabama, uh, who they'll continue to pursue. And, and maybe one or two more who will pop up. Maybe some guys who, who aren't totally happy with where they are in spring or some guys who feel like they have a chance to really move up. And, and you know, Florida State will continue to be active. In my opinion, they need to get one more junior college or grad transfer player. They've managed to get a couple now. They need one more. If you go one more, then I think you're well on your way to having below average offensive line play by AC standards. And that's weird to say, but that's still, look, that is a huge step up from where this group was last year. We'll continue to to talk about the possible grad transfer market and what that may mean for the uh, 2019 group that Florida State puts on the field. But uh, a, a nice little addition in Roberts in a kind of continuation of the process that is trying to raise the floor of the offensive line. And as you said, if uh, if if you get that floor up to below average, then that would be a incremental growth that is uh, significant enough that I would I would gladly take and put in the bank, and we'll move on to the future, uh, Bud. Added a uh, an offensive line, and, and Roberts uh, also added a couple of Florida or a couple of high school prospects. We will start with the uh, conversation of kicker, everybody's favorite position here at the Nolcast. But uh, Ryan Fitzgerald, kid out of Colquitt County, Georgia, a, a guy that I've kind of watched throughout the year, had a really strong uh, start of his season. I think he made a maybe two 50-yarders and a 55 and a 48-yarder in his first two games, kind of put himself on the map. A guy that is considered by some services the number one kicker in the country. Take that for what it's worth. Uh, I I honestly think unless you have like a like a Sebastian Janikowski type prospect, there, there's not really a number one kicker in the pro, in the country. There's, you know, seven or eight guys of kind of equal talents, and then it kind of sorts itself out at the college level. But uh, certainly a, a possibility of an asset. Uh, excited always to add a kicker. And uh, look, you're never going to pipeline this school. I don't think pipelines maybe exist as much as they did in recruiting 10, 15 years ago. But having a consistent presence at a school like Colquitt County is a is a great thing and, and only going to pay dividends. Moultrie, Georgia, uh, a school that has uh, hired Rush Probst uh, and, and made the commitment to uh, build its program up and has very much done so. So uh, great to have a presence there and great to be able to add a kicker to the class. Okay, so I don't really know anything about kickers. I, I don't scout them. They're never at the camps that I go to. They're never at the combines or the seven-on-sevens that I go to or largely the high school games. I mean, they're there, but like most of them aren't any good at all. So we're just going to read off his accolades real quickly, and then we're going to move on. And congrats to uh, to Ryan for committing. I wish I had more to add, but I don't because, again, I'm not going to BS y'all. I, I try to speak about what I know, and I'm not going to speak too much about kickers. So uh, Region 1-7A, Special Teams Player of the Year. In the Game Magazine, South Georgia, Special Teams Player of the Year. Ooh, never heard of that, but all right. First Team All-State, Atlanta Journal-Constitution. I have heard of them. First Team All-State Recruit Georgia. First Team All-State USA Today. Ditto Max Preps. Ditto Coles Kicking. All-American. Those are All-Americans. Max Boy Awards. Max Prep All-American. Coles Kicking All-American USA Today. All-American 2018 Chris Saylor Award winner. Chris Saylor is a guy that runs these kicking camps, so that is probably their favorite, I'm guessing, if, if uh, if he's giving them his own award. National Stats. Led the nation in touchbacks with 94. Led the nation in field goals made with 22. Led the nation in points scored 
with 133. Georgia State records. Field goals in a game, 5. Field goals in a season, 22. Field goals in a career, 51. Field goals made over 50 yards in a season, 6. Field goals made over 50 yards in a career, 8. School records, longest field goal. Uh, He owns the top 7 field goals. This is uh, this is dunking on everybody else a little bit, but 51, 52, 53, 55, 55, 57, and 60. Uh, most field goals made over 50 yards in the game, like you noted. He did it twice, 51 and 53, and then 55 and 60. I wonder if there was some kind of win. 55 and 60, those are huge kicks. Of course, in high school, you can use a T if you want, you know, so, but still, very encouraging here. Most field goals made a game five in a season 22. He already tweeted this part. That's pretty awesome. Uh, Florida State did need to get a kicker either this year or next. Some might say, why would you take a kicker this year when you still have a Guayo on scholarship for next year? Well, you know, honestly, it might just be that you feel like like this kid is considerably better than anybody who you really have a good line on uh, for next year. So maybe you go ahead and take him. Who knows? Maybe he could be your emergency kicker slash punter if, if one of your guys got hurt or something. Unlikely, but you know, not completely out of the realm of possibility. So Florida State goes ahead and takes a kicker. Do you got any problem with them doing this? I, I, I really no, don't. All for it. Bring him in. Uh, Aguayo has been a, a nice kicker, and uh, I don't expect him to lose his job, but uh, there's been times where they've given other people crack at long-distance kicks. Wouldn't shock me at all if that's not – uh, something that he's immediately involved in, although it is a as somebody who you know frequently draws upon my uh, my extensive uh, middle school kicking career, I can tell you that uh, kicking from a tee versus not a tee is a real adjustment to make, particularly on the longer kicks. So maybe a second for Fitzgerald, but I would uh, wouldn't you know if, if we've got to kick a sixty-one yarder or something like that in game three, wouldn't shock me if Fitzgerald's the person that's trying that kick and not Aguayo. I, I I'm totally cool with that. You know, something else pretty cool here, man, is, is this note we got from listener Jason. Uh, Hi, guys. Just wanted to let you know that we are holding an engagement party at Township Fort Lauderdale for my daughter, Madison, and her fiancé, Taylor, two FSU alum, class of 16 and 15, respectively, on January 19th. I contacted Matt at Madison Social, and he was cool enough to send me the pints and shirts for the wedding party. Again, if you host your engagement party or wedding party, at Mattis Social or Township or one of the fine For the Table Restaurant Group properties. You will get shirts and pint glasses as well and, and a pretty awesome uh, package. So you can contact Matt at madisonsocial.com. And I know a, f- a few listeners have already done so. Continuing from the email from Jason, this is a surprise for the couple. So please don't mention it on the podcast until after 119, which is why I'm waiting because I got this back in December. Taylor and uh, Madison, if you wonder if they plan ahead, they do. Because Taylor is an avid subscriber to the Nolcast, as am I. Thanks for the awesome content. It was great meeting you both at the spring game in 2018. We're all looking forward to a better 2019 season. Uh, absolutely. So, Jason, thanks very much. And congrats uh, on the nuptials to, uh, to Taylor. Yeah, Taylor, and sounds like you're married into a solid family there. Congratulations. And uh, hope you guys had a great get-together down there. I'm sure you did. All right. Do uh, you want to get back into it? Let's do. Spring so, um, a lot of conversation and chatter in general about uh, kids that were brought on campus and who might end up uh, making the final composition of the class. We'll start at quarterback, where a lot of the uh, a lot of the questioning is more surrounded as to how to pronounce one individual's last name, which uh, I think we have a solid solid line on, perhaps at the expense of my ears, uh, with Bud playing an interview for me right before we started here. But uh, Lance, I'll, I'll let you go ahead and and deliver what we believe is the uh, the official pronunciation of the last name there. 
So uh, the pronunciation is Lejean. Lejean. Lance Lejean. Florida State made a great impression. They've kind of been on and off or, or consistently in touch with him uh, for a long period of time. A, a name that you've uh, heard associated with a quarterback position as much as, uh, I don't know, six, seven, eight months ago. You know, there were some questions about his academics, and there's still probably some some work to be done there. But uh, it very much kind of looks like uh, with with Miami taking the, the prospect out of Houston that we talked about last week, Peyton Machado. Lejean is going to visit Maryland uh, to end things off, but it looks to be squaring up pretty positive for Florida State at this point in time. Indeed. I don't know if you saw the videos on his Snapchat. Uh, I'll, I'll forgive you if you do not follow recruits on Snapchat or Instagram. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I missed all of them. Uh, some people screenshotted it and put it on Twitter, but uh, he looks very jacked in his uniform, which is not surprising if you've ever seen the kid in person. Uh, he is a, a really, really strong-looking build kid. Uh, can throw the ball pretty well, really good runner, and, and a, a guy who is very difficult to tackle in the open field. Florida State feel like they made a great impression on him. I think he's absolutely Florida State's to lose. He is going to visit Maryland, like you said. But again, I, I really don't think uh, I don't think Maryland's that much of a threat here. You know, some might ask, why didn't he just commit this weekend? Well, look, he has to finish strong academically in order to qualify. This is a concern that I know Florida State had over the summer. It's one reason why they did not go very hard on him over the summer. The other reason was because of Sam Howell. Uh, and, of course, that didn't work out for them. The, the guy who was handling that recruitment uh, is not there. And I know some guys on staff are, are not super thrilled about how that recruitment uh, was handled. So with, with Lejean, basically, he has to finish strong. I asked a, specifically, I said, look, can you get this kid into school? And they said, Yes, we can. As long as he finishes strong, we think we can get him into school. Now, does that mean he's 100% locked to get into school? No. But they did get a couple kids into school last year who people thought would be borderline. Um, you know, Florida State has pretty friendly academic standards, I would say, in, in large part. So, you know, miracles happen every day. And yet, I don't think you need a miracle to, to get Lejean in, into school. Here's a question for you. In fact, I'll throw two out there. One is from a listener. I didn't catch the name. But the first one is, if his grades were good, would he already be in the boat right now? As a commitment? Yeah, I would I, mean, I would think so. I think so, too. It's also possible that he could be in like literally on LSU's campus right now if his grades were good throughout. Now, the other, other thing here is, do you think that Florida State perhaps held off on pushing for a commitment because they have John Reese Plumley coming in next weekend? Possible. Absolutely. Little little Jake Fromm 2.0 there, uh, but yeah. Now, would Florida State take both quarterbacks? The answer to that is yes. So we actually have three questions here. There's no doubt they would take both. I, I think both would probably sign up, considering you didn't sign one last year, uh, and you're expecting most likely you're not going to have Francois and Blackman combined on the roster come fall. So yeah, I, I think Florida State would definitely take both if both want to come. So that's the thing with quarterback. You've got to be feeling pretty good there, right? You, you think that if you want uh, if you want Lejean to go ahead and pull the trigger, you most likely can make that happen. The the better question might not be Florida State versus another school, but it might be Florida State versus qualifying. And I think Florida State feels pretty good about that. With Plumlee, I don't know what their chances are. I guess we're going to have to see. We'll probably have a little more on that as the weekend comes up. But uh, we should probably move on here. We do have a lot to get to tonight, trying for about a 45-minute show here. With Alante Brown out of Chicago. Alante Brown, a kid that uh, probably most of the news surrounding has been more so the fact that he 
willingly and kind of knowingly got on the plane with uh, the idea that Michigan State would probably no longer offer his uh, his uh, scholarship offer, and, and that was uh, proven to be the case. So we'll talk about the kids, certainly. We also want to talk a little bit about the situation surrounding schools' thoughts on, on pulling scholarships of uh, committed prospects that may visit elsewhere. But uh, uh, not only did Brown come, Bud, this is always something that uh, you and I follow and anybody would for recruiting since uh, – tends to add a little bit more of a, a seriousness as to the prospect's interest uh, when mom comes along with him, and that was the case. So uh, Florida State appears to be in a, a pretty solid position, I would guess, and particularly with it doesn't look as though there will be any kind of a reconciliation of the relationship with Michigan State at this point in time. Yeah, uh, no doubt. It looks like Michigan State did go ahead and, and basically drop him. Um, you want You want to go prospect first, or do you want to go – do you, you want to go discussion of, of let's go prospect first. Alante Brown out of Chicago Simeon. That's a powerhouse high school in Chicago. Really good athlete. I mean, w- one of the best athletes in the Midwest. There's no doubt about it. Kind of a slasher type. He can catch the ball very well. Um, he can actually play receiver, probably about as well as running back. So I, you know, I, I like positional versatility, especially for guys who are sort of you know end of the year takes for you. Not that he won't be a star if he comes, but. You do like guys who offer that roster versatility, just like in baseball. You know, having a guy who can maybe play second and short, and maybe you know be an emergency catcher and kind of a Swiss Army knife type. And Florida State was very clear in explaining that role to him. I was told, right? Hey, we're going to play you at running back and slot. We're going to motion you out of the backfield. We're, we're going to go to empty, especially if they get Lejean. They're definitely going to go empty a lot if he ends up playing, simply because I mean he's such a run threat on his own, and you want to be able to spread people out. His versatility is a major selling point or major reason why Florida State likes him, and they were able to sell that to him over the weekend. Now, he did not commit, from what I understand. Like, there's no silent or anything there, unless they're just not telling me. But I, I think they would tell me. Florida State does feel pretty good, though, about where they where they sit with Alante Brown. Mississippi, or excuse me, Michigan State's not going to take him back, like you already said. Now, could it be Iowa State? Could it be Texas Tech? Could he take another visit somewhere else this weekend? That's all possible and, and definitely something we're going to be monitoring. And, and I'll probably discuss that with you on our, our weekend preview show if, if we end up doing one. But, yeah, looks like Florida State did a good job here. They got mom down. They made a good impression. Kid liked the visit. I think Florida State is probably the leader right now. Uh, and if I had to say thumbs up or thumbs down, I, I would go thumbs up on this one. Thumbs up on Brown. Uh, let's have a little bit of conversation as far as the act or idea of pulling kids scholarships that are previously committed that might go uh, visit elsewhere. To an extent, I think this is somewhat uh, dictated by where you find yourself kind of in the college football pyramid. Although you made a great point that maybe the school that's on top of that pyramid has a has kind of a unique uh, policy as well. So it's not necessarily a statement that applies across the board, but I tend to think like uh, Georgia Tech under Paul Johnson was real famous about pulling your scholarship if you'd go visit anywhere else. Uh, and uh, I think, you know, again, I, I think a lot of this is kind of dictated where you find yourself in the college football world and whether or not you think you have leverage. But, you know, that doesn't necessarily apply across the board, particularly if, if Clemson has the policy that they do. Sure, right. So, so Clemson, yeah. If you're committed to Clemson, you cannot take visits to other schools or, or they will drop you for the most part. I think there's been a couple exceptions that over the years, but yeah. Also, Clemson will not let you take an official visit to Clemson if you are still committed to another school. So the policy actually works both ways. They're not hypocritical about it. So that's something very, very interesting there. 
I don't think there's a really a right way to do this. Clemson's had their policy. They like it. I think Penn State does a similar or has done a similar policy in the past. You know, Florida State under Jimbo said, hey, we're, we're so confident in the product we're selling, we're okay with it. Now, at the same time, behind the scenes, they would push like hell to make sure a kid did not visit elsewhere and they would, you know, basically try to uh, guilt trip him and say, hey, man, like, you know, basically they, they didn't have a public facing policy on this, but they had a wink, wink, nod, nod policy like, hey, this is not a visit you need to be taken, right? It's also dependent upon where you're going. Like, oh, you want to take a take a last minute trip to Maryland? Okay. Oh, you want to take a last minute trip to Georgia or Alabama? Hmm. Well, that may be that may be a wee bit more concerning for us. So I think that's uh, it. Just dictates as to kind of where it, where it comes from, who they're visiting, and uh, what the level of communication has been leading up to to said visit. Uh, Penn State didn't have any problem bringing Nick Nick Cross on campus. I, I noticed that. Yeah, yeah, he he is coming uh, to, on campus or on Penn State's campus next weekend. Florida State is apparently going to go in home tonight. They're going to see him early this week, so I, I think that's going to go down tonight. Since I, I know Willie and them were up in the Virginia area uh, anyway, so they're they're right by DC. Yeah, it looks like Florida State's going to make their uh, make make their final pitch, uh, and and I think really with, with Nick Cross, you want to keep him right, and they've done a tremendous job of playing defense so far. In this class, they're, they're, it looks like they're keeping almost all of their guys who, who are committed. I mean, you know, you got, uh, we'll speak about Gant a little bit, but obviously uh, Dent and uh, you know, it looks like Fuller, who we'll talk about in a little bit, and Travis J and, and a bunch of guys. Nick Cross is kind of the one that, that you really worry about. Uh, you'd love to be able to keep him in the class. Very well known. His dad wants him to go to Penn State. Not a huge Florida State guy. Cross does seem to like Florida State a whole lot. And so, you know, we'll have to see. Yeah, we'll have to see what happens there. But uh, yeah, that is an interesting policy. I, I do think on on the one hand, if you tell a kid, hey, if you're committed, you cannot take visits elsewhere, it does kind of give you a little bit of clarity. You know, also, if you have the policy of, hey, you can't take a visit here, if you're officially if, if you're committed elsewhere, it also gives you a little bit of clarity. Like, hey, is this kid just coming on a visit for fun? Or is he coming on a visit because he's actually serious about about our program? I, I think that's that's interesting. It, it, I don't think there's one right way to do this. There might be a lot of right ways or, or a lot of just okay ways. Let's see. Ira Henry is the next prospect we talk about. Henry is a uh, – let me see how I can say this. Henry is not an individual that when he walks up, I would I would question as to whether or not he has the requisite size to play uh, at, the, at a major D1 level. He's a uh, – He's a well put together guy who who looks uh, more than ready ready to physically contribute. Yes, I'm glad you clarified because I was about to say that's not a fat joke. Like like he's no he, he, no he's, it's he's not a fat shit. joke. That sob is a large, well put together human being. Absolutely, I would not want to fight Ira Henry. Uh, no, at no all. part of I'm, I might not want to walk down the same side of the street as Ira Henry. I would I would give him his own you know wide breath that he could take he, there. He, he's intimidating. Um, yeah, so Ira Henry out out of St. Louis Trinity. Like you said, it checks out physically. He did come with his parents, which is real big. Florida State feels like they made a really good impression on him. They sold the ability to play tackle and guard. In my opinion, he's – well, how do I say this? I, I think some programs he would probably play guard. At Florida State, <laughs> given the current roster, he's going to play tackle, at least for now. Definitely has the size, like you mentioned. He's a guy who, coming into the weekend, largely had Auburn leading – then he kind of backed off that in, in, in some public statements. Uh, I don't really have a leader, but in my opinion, 
he probably did have Auburn leading before the weekend. Uh, and coming out of this weekend, I, I like where Florida State sits for Ira Henry. I know the staff feels like they made a really good impression on him. Getting the parents down was big. He got, you know, he got to talk to, to, to Greg Fry. He got to talk to Coach Pimp some. I know Pimp's been up in the Chicago area a little bit. Not Chicago, excuse me, St. St. Louis area a little bit working. You know, we'll have to see how this goes down. Now, he might take a visit this weekend to Indiana or to Penn State. I do not know if Penn State has room for him. I know Indiana's recruited him longer, so I'll be monitoring where he goes on that visit. Uh, but the ability to, to play early, I know, was something that was impressed upon, upon Henry. That's a real big thing for them. I like Florida State's chances. I'm not saying they're like 70 and, and everybody else is 30% combined or anything like that, but if I had to put money on just one school as opposed to the field, I would probably put it on Florida State for Henry. I, I do feel like they've done a good job on him. It's not like they've just you know, been recruiting him for a couple weeks or anything like that. They've been talking to him for a while. I think there's a good chance that pays off. That would be a, a significant, significant pickup that uh, would go a long way to helping you change uh, change some of the problems that have plagued the offensive line. Another guy uh, that is uh, somebody that the fan base will probably be familiar with, high school teammate of the uh, kicker that we spoke of earlier, uh, Kamar Bell. Uh, Kamar made a tweet about a month ago or so that basically said, like, save me your sales pitch. I just want to go play where I can early, uh, to which I think a lot of people thought that that would make him a Florida State lock uh, automatically, but not the case. Uh, very much a battle with uh, Auburn, probably about the exact same uh, geographic proximity there between the two schools. So uh, two local schools for a kid fighting it out. And uh, I think Florida State made a, a nice impression and, and had a good visit this weekend. But uh, don't think this one's over by any means. No, I, I agree with you. By the way, uh, Ingram, I'm going to uh, Google this. Colquitt County, Georgia to Auburn, Alabama is uh, two hours and 53 minutes. Uh, 156 miles and to Tallahassee. Florida State might be slightly closer then. Oh, shoot. 68 miles, man. An hour and 21 minutes. So, there we go. Ingram, I got to say, Florida State is, I'm going to say, decisively closer. Decisively. All right. Um, Yeah, about an hour. Yeah, literally about twice as fast you can make it from from Colton County down to uh, Tallahassee. I know Florida State would love to have him come back on another visit this weekend. I don't know if that's going to happen, but. Hey, there's always stuff you can push for, right? Exactly. With all this geographic proximity we're talking about, maybe you know, who knows? Maybe that that could help them out potentially this weekend. So, Kamar brought down a whole bunch of family. Uh, Florida State again made a good impression. Look, it was a good weekend. The parents enjoyed it. The kids enjoyed it. We know what Willie Taggart and his staff do when they get kids on campus. There's no doubt about it. They they do a really good job. We've seen this last year. We've seen this at Oregon. We, we've we've seen this at USF, and it. And Western Kentucky, I wasn't really following them at Western Kentucky at the time, but you know, for the other place, places, I can definitely say they do a really good job when guys get on campus. So to you know, to be able to do that with with, with Kamar, now I, I'm sure there's some questions like, hey, why weren't you on me earlier in the year? And the real reason, the real answer to that would have to be, well, because at the time we were recruiting better prospects than you, because over the summer we were not five and seven. We were looking at, you know, having a winning record. We had Obviously, dreams of know, signing little... kids out of Baton Rouge and other places like that. Correct. Yeah. And and Kamar at the summer camp wasn't terrible, but he was not necessarily a, a total standout uh, that, that I felt like, oh, they got to offer this kid right away. So I, 
I think there's a certain amount of honesty, right? You could say, hey, I, I, we think you had a better senior season than you did a summer camp. That would be an honest assessment, one that I would agree with. That's a good way to sidestep that question. Not saying that's exactly how that went down, but uh, that's definitely a way that you could answer that, that I believe might have been the answer uh, given. So as opposed to saying you weren't any good at the summer camp or something like that. So anyway, is he like a high-level four-star type kid? No, I, I think his, his three-star rating is, is probably accurate, but he's one of the better types Florida State could get right now given the season that they had and, and how late in the game it is. Uh, look, I'm sure both schools want to get him back on campus for a visit. I don't know that he's going to go anywhere this upcoming weekend. If you're Florida State, you would like to push to see him come back, but I, I think Florida State has a good chance. There were some tweets back and forth, by the way, between Bell and Henry, and they were talking about how they wanted to play together. And so with that, I'm kind of like, all right, uh, you know, we hear this a lot, but then again, you know, they they have been on on, you know, they have been to Auburn, they have been to Florida State in in pretty you know, recent weekends. So maybe they are kind of kind of bonding and, and forming a little friendship there, and that could be sort of a a great thing for Florida State, or conversely, maybe not so great of a thing if they were to choose Auburn. Look, Auburn does need offensive linemen a lot. We're just you know, speaking just honestly here, not as some kind of FSU homer. They both need offensive linemen a whole lot. Auburn's offensive line this year struggled a lot. It was not quite as bad as Florida State's was, but they both have a, a need uh, and an ability to sell early playing time. Not necessarily immediate starter playing time, but legitimate contend for a real starting job in year two type playing time. So, uh, yeah, that that's what's going on with Henry and Bell. And then uh, the third one, Darius Washington, at the time of taping uh, last week, we were not sure if Washington was going to come for a visit, although we thought there was a decent chance. I think if we go back and listen to that, we you know we said, yeah, you know, pretty good chance. Not not a slam dunk. Well, he did come on to visit. Uh, Florida State feels like they made a, a, a decent impression on him, but I do not get the impression that this is a total slam dunk for Florida State. I, I know some people on Twitter do think it is. I. I'm not sure, man. I, I think that there's an element there to where, you know, maybe, hey, you know, why, why didn't why didn't you offer me earlier type thing? The reason's kind of the same as the Bell thing, right? Like, might not have thought he was the type of player you could get over the summer, and you have to reevaluate who you can get now come the fall. Florida State does feel like they made a move, not a slam dunk. I'll be interested in where he goes this weekend, right? Does he get back up to Mississippi State where he's currently committed I don't know. Can Keyshawn Hilton, his former high school teammate, do you know do enough to get him to say yes for state? I, I think they would take him, but it does bring up an interesting question here. And this Ray asks us, would Florida State take all three if they wanted in? It's a weird one, right? Because, man, this offensive line has been so bad. However, I don't know, man. Like I, I would not take all three. I think you'd have to pick and choose. And I don't know what they would do in that situation, but I, I I would not because I want to be able to sell early playing time to some legitimate studs next year, as opposed to just you know decent to good players, which are which I would you know classify these guys as. These guys are not like five star, high four star level type studs who can play you know year one if they have to. So you know to me, I I would not take all three. That would be interesting. It's, it's real easy to immediately say like. 
you know, need as much help as possible, pacifies the fan base at an area of concern, uh, but that's by far the largest area of concern. But uh, you don't want good to be the enemy of great, and uh, you don't necessarily want to uh, to saddle yourself in a position not to uh, to let yourself make a, a great leap forward, a term that's always been a massive success whenever applied in uh, historical context. So, yeah, that it might be hard just to take three if, if you had four guys of this quality that wanted in, but uh, would be curious to see how that sorts out. Bud, I will uh, circle back to Colquitt County real quickly. Uh, Colquitt County is a program that has kind of emerged, uh, not emerged, they've always been decent, but has uh, very much come on to the Georgia high school football scene over the last 10 years, 15 years, in large part to the uh, fast food franchise Zaxby's, if you're familiar with that at all. A lot of the seed uh, investors are from Moultrie and uh, have, have put a lot of their their money into uh, scoreboards and some of the bells and whistles that go along with uh, having a high-end program. Just thought I'd throw that out there. Also, the same same school that gave Florida State Cam Irving, if you're looking for a, a more recent contribution to uh, to Florida State's football roster. Are you a Zaxby's guy? Uh, I mean, I like it. I would if, if I'm driving down the street and there's a Zaxby's and a Chick-fil-A, I'm going to go to Chick-fil-A. But Zaxby's uh, does a good job, and you know you can see why they've been successful. If I was going to power rank the, uh, the, the like the fried chicken strip franchises, right, of which I would say there are Zaxby's, Cane's, Guthrie's. Am I missing any? I'm certainly familiar with Guthrie's. I have, don't have much exposure to Cane's up here. Uh, Raising Cane's is, is uh, I, they may not be in, they, it may not be in Georgia. Uh, yeah, I don't I think they have a presence. I, I'm sentimental to Guthrie's, of course, simply because of, of you know, old school late night gut box. Uh, which I think most people in Tallahassee know, or at least if you went to Florida State, you did. And then I, I think I'm going to go Canes, but Canes and Zaxby's to me are real, real close. So that has been your chicken finger power ranking impromptu thing. I guarantee y'all that was not on on our show. Oh, it, oh, it was not. It was not. Just a little explanation as to sometimes how high school football programs get the get the wind behind their back. In film review tonight, uh, we will identify this point in the show as to when we, we went way over our 45-minute goal. Thanks, Ingram. Thanks for the Zaxby's contribution. Yeah, that, that, uh, was, that was solid, bro. But you know what? You know what is always on point, unlike this discussion, is Resolution Home Loans. Resolution Home Loans is an awesome company. We deal with them on the reg. I think we're now up to like 15 or 16 NOLCAST listeners who have had loans through Resolution Home Loans, and the feedback we've gotten from them has been tremendous. The feedback I'm giving you since I'm currently going through the process right now is tremendous. You get to work with Shannon. Shannon's a sharp dude. He's really responsive to questions. He's going to stay on you as far as what documents you need, finding the right ways to to present the information, getting you the best possible rate that you can, and and you know helping to walk you through the process. Whether you're a first time home buyer or you know second third time home buyer, like I am, you're really going to enjoy working with with, with Chad and Shannon. They're great Knowles. Call 844-FSU-LOAN or FSUHomeLoans.com. You can visit FSUHomeLoans.com or call 844-FSU-LOAN. And uh, Inger, I just sent out another round of t-shirts. So if you have not received your t-shirt and you got a loan through Resolution Home home Loans, hit us up because I have sent out fewer t-shirts than loans they have done. So I'm kind of like, does somebody not want a t-shirt? Yeah. Or... I know yeah. you got the house because of the T-shirt, guys. So Clearly. let's make sure we get you the T-shirt already. Yeah, right. definitely. Exactly. So 844-FSU-LOAN, FSUHomeLoans.com. Hit them up. And uh, with that, 
we will go to the defensive side of the ball, which is a little bit shorter. Maybe we'll get out uh, tonight in under an hour, certainly. First up, we have defensive line. Uh, Quayshon Fuller came. He came with his mom. Was told that was a great visit. Uh, I actually do follow him on Instagram, so uh, I can tell you that he was posting a ton of stuff from the visit. Looked like he was having a big time. Quayshon said that he loved it. Uh, the staff feels like they're going to keep him. And yet, he is still slated to take his visit to Alabama next weekend. Now, it's kind of hard to tell a kid you can't go visit Alabama because Alabama is basically the gold standard in college football. I, I know Clemson just beat them, but recruiting-wise, like you, you kind of got to tread lightly on that. You just went 5-7. and seven. Bama just played in the national title game for like the millionth year in a row. At the same time, Bama recruits on a different level than everybody else, and so we don't actually know – if Alabama would even have room for Fuller, even if he did want to say, yes, I'm coming to Alabama. I know that sounds crazy because he's one of the best commits in Florida State's class, but literally they might not have room for him. We saw this uh, two years ago when Alabama gray-shirted Drez Parks, who <laughs> was like a borderline top 100 kid, uh, and yet he still took a gray shirt from Alabama. But Florida State does feel very good about signing Fuller I think in the end, they're, they're going to keep Quayshon. They, they've been on him now for over a year. He's made multiple visits. He, he made the official visit with his mom. If you recall, he also made the official visit, or excuse me, the unofficial visit, rather, back in December, again with family. I, I think they're going to go ahead and keep him. Uh, would be a kid that certainly has been a, a part of the conversation surrounding this class and would be uh, would be tough to lose. I, I You know, this isn't the uh, the Roll Tide podcast, and I don't uh, proclaim to be an expert on them, but I would guess that Fuller might be like a contingency plan for them if they miss on a kid late or have a kid wake up Wednesday morning and, you know, grab the, grab the hat that they weren't necessarily expecting. And Alabama can do that. And Alabama gets kids as contingency plans that no other school would have a hope for. So uh, something we'll we'll continue to uh, monitor, but kind of the confidence level continues to uh, be consistent and, and rise that Fuller's ultimately part of the class. Charles Moore, a guy who made his way over to uh, Tallahassee, had a really a Mississippi native, if I'm correct here, had a really good visit, a productive visit, but still this is a kind of a battle with uh, a, a lot of a lot of different pieces to kind of sort out. Absolutely. So Charles Moore, defensive end slash defensive tackle, depending. I I think he can play DN, but but most people have him listed as a defensive tackle. To me, he's kind of a, a hybrid type, which Florida State has been recruiting a lot of, actually, if you notice that kind of jumbo ends, guys who you know maybe are not super tall, but they're a little bit thicker. It, it's, it's an interesting approach by this staff as far as body type fits. With, with this defense that they're running. And I'm interested to see where this defense goes in the next few years uh, with, with these kind of you know hybrid body types. But yeah, Charles Moore came in, really bonded well with the players. A lot of the guys were, were, were posting Instagram and Snapchat stuff with Moore in the picture, and, and, and Moore was seeming like he was having a, a great time. I, at the same time, I think this is the first time he's been to your campus. I don't have anybody on staff who tells me that they're, they're going to get Charles Moore. So... Generally, you have at least somebody say, yeah, I think we're going to get this kid if, if if things break our way. So far, I haven't had anybody tell me that. It doesn't mean they can't get him, right? Maybe they made enough of a move. Certainly, he's a lot higher on Florida State now than he was previously. But at the same time, I, I do think that this is more of, of an Auburn-UF battle. And yet, he's still slated to go see LSU this weekend as of last check. So that that's one I'm going to continue to monitor 
I'm not ready to put in the prediction on on, on Charles Moore. Unlike you know, I, I think they got a really good shot to land Bell and Henry, and I think they're they're probably going to get Alante Brown. With Moore, I'm I'm not ready to go there yet, and I don't have anybody else telling me that hey, like you should put in the crystal ball for this kid, or you know you you should you should predict this kid to Florida State. I just I'm not getting that kind of feedback yet. One name that uh, we think we can probably take off the board as we switch our focus from defensive line to linebacker is uh, Shimon Cooper. Uh, this was the weekend that Florida State had kind of positioned themselves to make a move on a kid that had committed to Illinois a while back ago, but uh, somebody that Florida State's coaching staff had kind of had a quiet confidence about. Uh, not necessarily a guarantee, but a, an idea that they would be involved with him and uh Cooper did not make it, so let's not spend too much time on this, but uh, just give me your opinion, Bud, as to how much of a surprise this was and and, uh, kind of the extrapolation that you take out of this. Okay, from zero being not surprised at all to 10 being like absolutely shocked, uh, I would say it's probably like a three or a three and a half. You know, I I spoke to Shimon and actually wrote an article on on him on SPNation.com this summer, and and he spoke about his love for Coach Patterson. that's, That's Corey Patterson the former head coach of, of Trinity High School, who is now on staff as an actual on-field, like, legitimate coach at Illinois. He took Trinity from a program that was really not any good uh, and, and made it into a powerhouse. He, he was a, a legendary youth coach in the St. Louis area. I think he was working whatever the, the, the trading market is there in, in the Midwest, uh, like trading stocks, do, doing that kind of stuff. Or maybe he was an accountant. He was some kind of... Some kind of like like shirt and tie financial type job. Uh, I, I remember Shimon telling me before he took the uh, before he, he started coaching high school football and but you know got all involved. So he he's coached these kids basically from the time they were in Pop Warner, some of them literally up to the high you know middle school level to the high school level, and now some of them are following him to Illinois. They actually at one point this summer thought that they might be able to sweep all of the Trinity kids, which would include. Uh, the, the big time receiver who I think decided to stay in the Midwest and, and chose Ohio State, I believe. They got the quarterback. They got the running back. Henry's another one. It doesn't look like they're going to get Henry. But yeah, Shimon Cooper. Look, I, I don't think there's any doubt what went down here. If I had to venture a guess, I would say, ring, ring. Hey, it's Shimon. Hey, hey, Shimon, it's Corey. I've been with you for like, what, 11 years? And, you know, Florida State's been with you for like five months. Six months, come on, man! Like you're supposed to be a leader of our class. You're you're our bedrock, man. Like like the guys look to you. you know, like we we need you recruiting for us. You know, not not taking us out of You know where you know where you're going to end up. You know where you need to be. All right, coach, I'm not going to go. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's just kind of a yeah, special that connection. Sounds, yeah, that's, a, that's probably a probably pretty accurate historic reenactment there. Like I don't blame I don't blame Florida State for taking a swing at Shimon. I would have done the same. I'm sure they're going to take another swing. They'll probably try to get him to come down this weekend. And yet, it seems like like if his connection with with Coach P is still that good, you know, to, to get him to cancel a visit is a pretty strong connection. So we'll we'll see if if he's able to come down this next weekend. But man, at this point, yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't count on it. Another name at linebacker. This prospect did make it. Uh, Eugene Asante, bud. Uh, give us your thoughts on him and where Florida State stands. Very, very athletic kid. Um, definitely somebody who Florida State likes. It made a good impression on him, and yet I don't think he's coming to Florida State. I, I, in my opinion, he's probably going to stay closer to home. Virginia Tech has been on him for a while. 
Now look, Votech does seem like a program in disarray. And from the outside, you could probably say Florida State does as well. But Florida State does not have like a million guys transferring and leaving the program <laughs> quite like Votech does here. I don't, I don't know if you all, if the listeners have followed that a whole lot, but VT seems to have a whole lot of dudes leaving their program right now for a, a number of reasons, including starters. And that's uh, that's that's kind of concerning. So I know he he made a good connection with with, with Coach Woody. You know, they talked to him about early playing time, potentially. That, certainly linebacker and O-line are like the two spots where you have a real opportunity to come in and to play early. They need a guy who can play in space and who can run sideline to sideline. He can do that. Unless he's just playing it close to the vest, I, I don't get the impression Florida State will be the ultimate pick for him. But you know, they have three linebackers in the class that they like. They would like to take a fourth if, if the guy makes sense. But they're not going to take a fourth just to take a body. So I don't anticipate Florida State going out and just offering just anybody just to take four linebackers. I, I, I think they'll stand pat with three because they actually are in pretty good position for a lot of really good linebackers in the 2020 class, including a couple whom I saw this weekend. So, yeah, Eugene Asante, I, at this point, I'm not going to pick him for Florida State unless you feel differently. No, uh, I wish he would. A great outside linebacker prospect out of Virginia, super athlete, pretty impressive pair of sunglasses that I've seen him rocking in some of his pictures uh, taken at Florida State, but uh, doubt that that kid ends up choosing Florida State. Uh, you mentioned they have uh, the Glenn and Deloach kid uh, already kind of uh, in the class. So uh, linebacker's not, uh, you know, not necessarily a place that you'll see some, some last-minute offers go out, but didn't didn't quite close with some of the uh you know the the more uh the guys that were a little bit of a further reach uh just didn't didn't seem to materialize so uh, oh Delo- we'll, yeah uh, Deloach is one of the other guys that they, they were able to play defense on kept yep. him committed down the kept stretch. him committed um, they did they did a very good job of and keeping, had both those guys on campus this weekend too was big yeah. you know to help with recruiting certainly so um, another kid that they kept and uh, you know maybe not a shocker but uh, good news is good news. And uh, Brendan Gant's a hell of a prospect, a guy that really projects particularly well to the college level, in my opinion. And, and Gant uh, kind of uh, emphatically decided that he's uh, he's done with the recruitment process. Yeah, shows up on, on, on campus this weekend. We weren't sure that he was going to. He does. And he goes ahead and shuts down his recruiting process with Brendan. Okay, you, you see the athleticism and you see the height and, 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 and the length. And he's like a legitimate six foot two and a half type safety prospect. I haven't watched this kid a lot in person. What I see is the, the intelligence. He has really good football intelligence. He's a smart football player. He's in the right spots. He's kind of like, damn, how did he do that? And you're like, it's not It's not that he's not athletic, because he is. But it's like, okay, he starts moving like before the quarterback starts throwing the ball here. You know, like if, if you slow down and you watch, like, damn, that's – that's pretty impressive. Just a guy who always is kind of in the right spots. You know, a, a dude who is a better seven-on player than I thought he would be considering how, how big he actually is. So definitely somebody I know Florida State was very happy to have in their class. And that that's basically all the recruiting news of the weekend for the 2019 class. Uh, one extra note here is that Jimmy Price, the, the uh, junior college offensive tackle who they have not offered yet, uh, did commit to uh, Washington State. We will see if Florida State pushes for him to take a visit or not, or if they're going to elect to go uh, more through the transfer market. In the next episode, Florida State has their junior day coming up on Saturday, so we will discuss that. Uh, But one name to watch who really lit it up this weekend 
And if you want to get excited, you can watch some film. Uh, Jeff Sims. Jeff Sims is a, a, a quarterback out of Sandalwood High School in Jacksonville. Man, I got to tell you, I like his film a lot. He he throws a lot of deep balls on the money. His offensive line uh, does not do the best job of protecting him, and yet he seems to be pretty calm and cool under pressure. And uh, this weekend for uh, for Pro Impact on, on Saturday, he was lighting it up in the seven-on tournament. I always like to see the mobile kids play seven-on and do well because that shows me, okay, how do you do when your legs are not a factor? If you don't watch seven-on, quarterbacks don't run around. They just stand there and, and throw the ball. You know, And there was another high-profile quarterback there this weekend who I'm not going to dog out on the show, but like I had real concerns about him. It's like, man, uh, damn, the dude is just missing guys who are open and like the mechanics are not good and like the like the natural hand talent ball coming off it's just man it's seven on nobody's rushing the passer there's nobody in front of you like you should be able to rip the ball and put it where you want it Jeff Sims was doing that this other kid not so much so I, I like Jeff Sims I like Carson Beck obviously the Bama commit from this weekend but Jeff Sims uh, told me that he is indeed coming to Florida State's junior day this weekend and so that'll be a big one I think he's going to be a target he's very high on their board. Good looking kid, you know, legitimate 6'3, 195, 200 type. A name to uh, to watch. And as I said, we'll start to transition to 2020 here uh, with a lot of stuff in the spring as, as Florida State uh, gets into their junior days. And uh, it'll be a, it'll be a, you know, a point of focus for the podcast as it, as it always is. All right, bud, that'll kind of uh, conclude our recruiting talk. We'll just wrap up real quickly. Had a listener question that was, do you ever see a live podcast in the Nolcast's future? Yeah, this is something that Bud and I have talked about for a decent amount of time. It's something that, you know, we don't ever, I don't know how to say this exactly. We're not super paranoid about stuff that we do, but we don't ever want to deliver a product that's like a subpar product. And uh, something like that isn't necessarily guaranteed to be a success, depending on the venue, how you do it or anything else. To a small extent, I am traveling to... Uh, to Scotland uh, to take part in a podcast that I've been doing outside of the Nolcast for about a month or excuse me, about a year. But really, it's a lot to learn how these guys do live podcasts, which in my opinion, they do uh, as well as anybody that I've encountered. And a live podcast is something that will be in the future and maybe something we'll be able to present to you guys in the next uh, six months or so. That'd be awesome. I'm looking forward to it, man. And uh so w- w- when do you uh, when do you get back? By the way, because it sounds like I'm going to be doing a solo show or two. Yeah, yeah, I'm handing it over to you on signing day. Uh, I will leave uh, Wednesday uh, night uh, at around eleven o'clock. So I will be out of pocket from basically Wednesday to Wednesday. Awesome, uh, and I will be in Costa Rica uh, from Friday to Monday for Super Bowl uh, festivities to take part in the uh, called the Betcast, basically a live YouTube show that bunch of websites have come together to uh, to put on uh, to discuss like live in-game wagering on the Super Bowl. So pretty cool. Uh, as always, five stars on iTunes. If you like us, looks like we're having another really strong January and our listeners per show continue to go up. So we're very excited about that. Yeah, uh, we will have more on the recruiting front later this week. And it sounds like I will be doing a show uh, by myself, man. There you so- go, bud. <laughs> Solo show. Signing yeah. day. All right, guys. Uh, Take care, and we will see you soon.